God likes using gifts the most. Adam loves ERA and auto-tunes himself this way. Paxton's regression screams. Brooklyn's got a winning team. Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand, Mike Trout plays near Disneyland. Stats from spring training. Daily play is a rating. What's the ceiling? Bank on ceiling. Can I get up? Today on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, we are going to talk about Matt Carpenter and when to draft him next year when he will be 33 years old. Defying baseball odds. We'll also tell you why uh, Ronald Acuna has a 66% chance of getting into the Hall of Fame and much more. Your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Welcome, everybody. I've got a new nickname for the two guys that are on the show today. If you win a league, do you know what your new nickname would be? No, you don't, right? No. You'd be Assassin's Creed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, Adam. Very good name. Thank you. You sound like you have all of your facilities and have gotten <laughs> plenty of sleep. No, I haven't. I haven't gotten a lot of sleep, but that's okay. Uh, I've gotten, I watched some baseball last night. I thought, I thought I heard them say on the broadcast that Luis Severino was tipping his pitches on ESPN. I could have sworn I heard them say that, but I kept re- trying to read about it this morning and didn't see anything. Uh, saying that he was tipping his pitches, so I don't know, but we obviously are going to talk about that. In fact, uh, let's start with our email of the day from Joe at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Subject line, Severino needs an opener. Come on, Aaron Boone. And yeah, he's having some first inning struggles, but he's having more than that. Last seven starts, Severino has a 750 ERA. Uh, he has an 11% swinging strike rate, and he's given up 11 home runs. And he faces the Blue Jays this weekend. What are you guys feeling about Luis Severino right now? Sad confusion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I would expect from Assassin's Creed. Sad confusion. What about starting him this weekend against the Blue Jays? I probably would. I, I don't see how you couldn't. Really? I do. Well, I mean, you could just look at his recent performance and say he's not himself right now. I don't want to start him. Yes, sure. But I... Again, we, we had this conversation last time I was on the podcast and I just, I don't see what's gone wrong. Do you remember? I know the results are, I know the results are bad. I know that you said his slider doesn't have enough bite or whatever, but like, that's not enough for me to sit a guy with this track record. But do you remember what you said when we asked, are you going to sit him at Boston? And it was actually quite funny. You were like, you can't sit Luis Severino at Boston. I have Luis Severino, and let me check to make sure I'm not sitting him. And as you checked, you were yeah. like, no, I'm not. You can't sit, see, you can't sit him at Boston. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't, look, there's a lot of issues here, uh, but they keep saying they're not going to arrest him. His velocity's fine. I thought his velocity was a little bit down last night, but maybe that was just at the, in the first <laughs> inning. But in the first inning, he was throwing like 95 miles per hour, which is down. And he's having first inning issues, but he is also the t- kind of pitcher who, uh, who gets more velocity as the game goes on. Uh Yeah, all right. So you say there's nothing wrong. I think he might be tipping his pitches. They seem to be indicating that yesterday. But either way, Chris says start him. Heath, official, official word, starter sit against Toronto. Well, the nice thing about this is that it's a Saturday start. If you're in a daily league, you're making this decision. You should look on Saturday and see – where you're at in terms of wins and strikeouts and ERA and whip. I wouldn't call him a must start in that matchup. If I was in a situation where I felt like I had wins and strikeouts wrapped up and ERA and whip were close, I probably wouldn't. Well, enough about Severino. Guys, let's talk about that amazing Braves outfielder and all that amazing stuff he's doing. And he, of course, is Nick Markakis. Set you up for that one. Did you know that Nick Markakis is the number five outfielder in points leagues and number 12 in Roto? How blown is your mind right now? Oh, he's probably ranked that way pretty much all season. So on August 14th, it's not that surprising. If you had told me that on April 14th that he would still be that, I, my my mind would be very blown. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, he's just – what do you make of it, Heath? He's having his career season – 507 slugging percentage, the first time he slugged over 400 in six years. Nick Markakis. 
Yeah. And I mean, there are some things that he's just doing better and there are some things that are just, um, don't make a lot of sense and guys just have years like this. And like, as far as the 325 BABIP, he's, he's got a, or the 325 batting average, he's got a 343 BABIP, which is the highest of his career since 2008. So you would expect his batting average to be elevated. And for a guy that doesn't strike out when he has a really high BABIP, the batting average is going to go up with it. The home run to fly ball ratio, he's hitting the ball harder than he ever has. He still only has an 11% home run to fly ball ratio. That's much higher than he ever really has. Um, I don't, it's weird. like, like I'm not going to say, well, I think Nick Marquez is going to be a top 12 outfielder next year, but he, there's not a lot in the data that says anything other than he's been really good. The weird thing is there's also not like a ton of signs that he's just dramatically improved or changed his game. Um, like his contact rate is a little higher than last year, but it's not dramatically so. He's not swinging at dramatically fewer pitches outside of the strike zone. The tooth, I mean, it's the quality of the contact he's making when he hits the ball. His line drive rate's 27%. Mm -hmm. That's absurdly good. His hard contact rate's 41%. Even in today's, Everybody's hard contact rate is up. That's still very, very good. Ground ball rate down to 42%. It's the lowest mark since 2012. It's He's always made contact at a very high rate. It's just now when he puts the bat on the ball, he's doing it. He's making a much higher quality of contact. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, next year, I guess I could buy a points league, you know, drafting Marquette. Like, because he, he's a guy that I just never would have even drafted. I just never would have wanted him. But... He's hit 38 doubles three straight years going into this year, 38 or 39. He's currently at 37. That's a really good number. His plate discipline's really good, so he's like a usable guy in a points league usually, but obviously this year he's fifth in points, 12th in roto. I, I don't know. I, I can't, I just, I can't see also myself. Also a free agent this year, I yeah. believe, and, you know, at the start of the season, we were hoping that he would be the one that the Braves right. benched for Acuna. I just can't see myself really buying into him next year, but that's that's for next year. What about for this year? I mean, do you trust Marcakis down the stretch? Would you rather have Marcakis or Ronald Acuna down the stretch? Oh, Acuna for sure. I'd still rather have Acuna. Well, let's talk well, about... It, since, I mean, yeah, let's talk about Acuna. Yeah, let's talk about Acuna. Here, here's your stat of the day. He is the fourth player in baseball history to hit leadoff homers in both games of a doubleheader. Two of the previous three are in the Hall of Fame. That's why he has a 66% chance to get in. Uh, Brady Anderson is not in the Hall of Fame, but Ricky Henderson and Harry Hooper are in Harry Hooper. Did you, I've never heard of Harry Hooper, I, I admit. I'm sure, I'm certain I've heard of him. He, he's been, it's, he played in like the 1910s. Remember, remember that show, Hanging with Mr. Hooper? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so Harry Hooper is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, Acuna, since becoming the leadoff hitter, it's 23 games. He's batting 360 with 10 homers and six steals and 23 runs in 23 games. Uh, in the last 28 days, which is most of that time, Ronald Acuna is the number three hitter in points, number two in roto. Wow. Discuss. He's been, he's been like Juan Soto. And I want to go to bat for Scott White just a little bit because Scott was, uh, fighting his Braves fan brother, brothers on Twitter last night about Soto still being better than Acuna. He is. But Acuna is – he came up really hot, and then he had a cold stretch. They put him in the leadoff spot, and he got hot again. I don't think he's quite as good as he's been over the last 23 days, and I don't think it's all related to the fact that he's hitting leadoff. But he's a top 20 outfielder. He's been, since July 20th in CBS Sports Roto Leagues, the number one player in fantasy since moving into the leadoff spot. Wow. And Juan Soto has been really good. He's been the number 33 player. So, look, they're both awesome. Which one is better? Maybe Ronald Acuna's profile. Juan Soto is better. Maybe maybe Ronald Acuna's profile is a little better for Roto Leagues, and Juan Soto's is better for head-to-head points leagues, and we just call it that. Yeah, maybe because of the steals. The steals, yeah. He's got six in, in 23 games, I think, as a leadoff hitter. Yeah. Um, 10 home runs. He's hitting 344. That's not going to continue because he's still striking out at like 27% clip. But that's not terrible. It's just Juan Soto's 
play discipline is legit, right. like Joey Votto esque. So when you look at these guys, and we've talked about it, but let's talk about it again. I mean, who would you rather have in a dynasty league, Acuna or Soto, or a guy like Anthony Rizzo? Soto. Yeah, I think he's he's like a year younger than Acuna too. Yeah. Okay. And Rizzo. Yeah, about is, a year. Rizzo's what around thirty. He's got to be up there. Yeah. Uh, so would you rather have them or or Jose Altuve? I think you still have to go Altuve. I'll still take Altuve. Rizzo turned twenty nine six days ago. Oh, he's twenty nine. Happy birthday, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, would you have rather have those hot shot rookies, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, or Bryce Harper? Harper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say it, but Say it. but I mean, it's not like Harper's having a worse season than Anthony Rizzo. They, Rizzo was being drafted not that much later than Harper, so what's the gap there? Just age? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Consi- yeah, yes, probably. And upside. It's so, by the way, do you still have the list of where everybody ranks since July 20th? I, I do. Where's Harper? Harper is the number 15 overall player, so like the number 9 hitter. Oh. Just behind That's... Cole Calhoun and Matt Chapman. Wow, I'm actually surprised. I thought he'd be higher than that. Any other standouts that you guys want to talk about from yesterday? So I want to take the opportunity. He had a five-for-five five game. So I want to take the opportunity to talk about Nicholas Castellanos and just how weird he is. <laughs> because he has settled in as kind of like the good version of Corey Seager. Basically, over the last three seasons, he's been remarkably consistent. I don't think that's the perception we have of him, but, you know, like, 820-something, 827 OPS, 811, 832 over the last three seasons, between 272 and 291 batting average. And the batted ball data suggests that he should be one of the best hitters in baseball. You know, if you look, if you compare his batted ball data to, like, J.D. Martinez and even the plate discipline, they don't look that different, but the results are super off. And so that makes me wonder... Does Castellanos have the big breakout that people were hoping to see this season? Does that still live within him? Um, or we, is the Detroit sure. bad ball data still wrong? I think, well, I think there's, there's something going on with the bad ball data around the league. And I've mentioned that a few times. Um, people who know about that have said that it's not a, a part of the explanation, but I don't know. And then, yeah, there might just be bad ball data issues in Detroit, but. It's interesting because he's been consistent, and yet there are reasons to buy into more than he's shown. Okay, and I think Castellanos, it really seemed like he was having that breakout, but he's just been so cold. It was nice to see him go five for five with a home run yesterday, but his last month or so has been terrible. So I want to see just what he was before the All-Star break. First, yeah, before the All-Star break, he was at an 877 OPS. That's pretty damn um, good. 15 homers in 94 games. I, he's probably never going to be like a massive home run hitter, right? But I don't, actually, why, why, why say that? I mean, he hits the ball hard enough. But yeah, 305, 15, 56 in his, uh, in, in the first half in 94 games. But, and that's the thing is that like we've seen with Matt Carpenter. And obviously, Castellanos has been better than Carpenter was before the big breakout, but. If you believe in these numbers, that's someone who's still a buy low candidate in, you know, this season if you're still making trades and, you know, potentially for dynasty. I just, I think it's, it's an interesting case. It wouldn't surprise me yeah. if he had a 900 OPS next season, but it also. How many years do those numbers have to show that? Well, they've, but that's the thing is they've gotten better every year too. It's not like the numbers have just stayed static. He's got the number, the underlying numbers, the ones that we assume or believe are the true display of talent, have gotten better. He looks like one of the best hitters in baseball. Mm-hmm. All right, in so that's Castellanos. Uh, Heath, any standouts for you on Monday? I mean, we should probably just mention Matt Carpenter again. Okay, let's mention Matt Carpenter again. He's pretty good. 14 homers since the All-Star break, which is a lot. Matt Carpenter, where he, he is currently the number 9 hitter in points leagues, number 12 in Roto. He's got 33 home runs. It's a career high. 
He had a 558 OPS, batted 140 in his first 35 games. He has since become, I don't know, maybe the best buy low candidate in fantasy baseball history. If you, <laughs> if you got him in game 36, cause since that point in his last 79 games, Matt Carpenter, 32 year old Matt Carpenter, has an 1154 OPS, 30 home runs in 79 games. So yeah, he's on a 60 homer pace since then. Probably 61, something like that. Uh, when are you going to take Matt Carpenter in 2019? 63 homer pace. Wow. I would say I have been one of the biggest Matt Carpenter boosters on this podcast. I was boosting him before the breakout. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I, I, we were all Matt Carpenter boosters besides Adam. Uh, that's I, also I, not true. I did not say – you cannot tell me that I was not a Matt Carpenter. I will tell you specifically what I said, but you can continue. Anyway. Oh, no, this is important to me. I'm not going to let you I'm not saying it like like I was right. I just, like, I don't think I'm going to draft Matt Carpenter next year is where I'm going with this. Uh, Because he's going to be coming off the best season of his career by far. He's not showing any signs of slowing down. But even if he does, he's pretty clearly going to end up with an OPS north of 950. He's in 989 right now. I don't want to pay for a guy coming off a career year, especially a guy in his late 30s, especially a guy who's early, early, 30s. Late, early, early 30s, early 30s. <laughs> especially a guy who's had injury issues that have derailed seasons in the past. I think we're probably going to see him sneak into like the second, third round range, and I think that's probably too much. I don't know what my 2019 rankings are going to look like at this point. But I would guess I'm going to have Matt Carpenter as a late third, early fourth round type pick. And if he's there, then I'm going to take him. But I don't expect he will. I think Chris is right. He'll probably be – I mean, if he finishes the way he's been going, which I don't expect he will, then he's going to be a second round pick. Yeah, okay. So let's unwrap a few things here. First of all, rest of season – we still got 40 games left approximately. Rest of season, is Matt Carpenter a top 20 – player or hitter in head-to-head i would say yes yeah okay so would you rather have carpenter or acuna rest of season carpenter yeah, i feel like yeah. you gotta go carpenter right i think so yeah i, mean, I know you're not gonna get the steals from him but um well, he's been the number two player since uh <laughs> since acuna was in the dl and leadoff spot and his track record's obviously a lot longer and what i said about carpenter obviously was wrong is that I still believe that he was a good buy-low candidate in a points league, but I didn't think he was a good categories player. I thought he was a borderline 5-by-5 categories player because he didn't stand out in batting average. He didn't stand out in home runs. He didn't steal any bases. Um, What he was good at was, like, doubles, extra base hits, and plate discipline and on-base percentage. So I thought that's who he was. I was obviously wrong about that. But but please don't say that I was not saying to buy-low on Carpenter. I just thought he was really a (laughs) format-specific player. And in like a standard five by five categories league or roto league, I thought he was more of like a number fifteen first baseman, corner infield type player. But obviously, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say I was right. I just that's how I felt about him. And with that said, I do think it's justifiable to take him in the sec- late second round of a points league next year because he's really, really good in that format, even when he's bad, even when he's having a down year. Uh, all right, uh, news and notes for you. The big news, we got a lot of it today. Oh, um, I forgot to mention who's coming on the show later. I'm sorry about that. So, you know, let me just let you know that we're regulating later. We haven't mm. regulated in a while. I, the, we, you know, Life I don't know what you've selected for regulating, but I hope it's an email that's like a week old. I'm not sure. We, we got one of the best uh, oh. regulator. Okay, I don't think ever. I have it, Eve, so I'm going to let you include it. if you can. I will include it, yes. All right, good. Uh, all right, now. Well, yeah, I know. It's so good. Now, on to more serious matters here. In all seriousness, we wish the best to Leonis Martin. Seems like he is on the uh, path to recovery. He's recovering from a bacterial infection. Brian Dozier left yesterday's game with dizziness. Seth Roberts said that uh, Dozier had an abnormal EKG. So this is obviously something that we need to keep an eye on here for Brian Dozier, and uh, we're going to wish the best for him. Um, we have more music to play, though, because I'd like to say a hearty welcome back to Robinson Cano, Mr. Cano, on behalf of Fantasy Baseball Today. Welcome back. That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> that was, man. That's why they give you the big bucks. 
Sure. Uh, Cano's back. He's eligible to return today. He's going to play some second, some third, some first. He's 87% owned. What are your expectations for Robinson Cano rest of the season? He's going to be Robinson Cano. That is, that is very not that helpful, is, Chris. Wow. I don't think, I, That's why I, they pay you the small bucks. I Whoa. think Robin, wow, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't know I think Robinson Cano is going to be himself. I think he's a good hitter. Um, not a ton of power at this point in his career, but I think he's going to hit right around 280. Uh, he's going to be useful, and I would expect they'll find a spot for him in the everyday lineup because, with the exception of Gene Segura, their infield stinks. And it's been yeah. really bad. Yeah. Ryan Healy has been awful. D Gordon is having a pre-breakout D Gordon season, lowest walk rate I think since the 1920s. Yeah, there, there's room for him to play. And Gordon's a little beat up right now. Yeah. Cano is also better in points than Roto, just like Carpenter. Not to the same extreme. But before his 80-game suspension, he was the sixth-best second baseman in points, 11th in Roto. And last year he was, I think, like eighth in points and and also 11th in Roto, something like that. Yeah, I expect something in that range. I will say, though, at this time of year, especially if you're in a points league and entering the playoffs, I mean, we have – one of our leagues is already in the playoffs, and a couple others are just right around the corner. I would not feel confident inserting Robinson Cano into a standard points league lineup the first week or two that he's back. I would need to see how much he's playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Trout is dealing with a family matter. He may not be available on Thursday when he's eligible to come off the DL. Carlos Martinez is going to pitch out of the bullpen when he returns. So can we drop Carlos Martinez? I think so, yeah. He's not going to be the closer, I would guess, so I don't see what he's going to do for you. Are you confident that he'll be in the rotation next year? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, by the way, um, we'll talk about bullpen later, but I, I, I think maybe you want to hang on to Kenley Jansen. There's even a better chance that he becomes a closer after yesterday's debacle. And Will Myers. You mean Kent Maeda? Who did I say? Kenley Jansen? Kenley Jansen. I'm sorry, yeah. Kenley Jansen did throw yesterday, but yeah, I met Kenta Maeda. They are, and there was a report yesterday that they're optimistic he can beat the four to six week timetable. And, uh, Will Myers came back, he played third base yesterday, and the ball just found him. He had eight assists and one put out yesterday. That's a busy day at third base, so they've got him in. Is this a big deal if he gains third base eligibility, Will Myers? No, I don't think third base is a worse position than first. No. I mean, it's always helpful to have more eligibility. He'll have triple eligibility, right? First outfield and third. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get to this email of the day number two. Email of the day number one was way back when. It was about Luis Severino. But here's a quick one from Ben. Taylor Ward or Danny Jansen for catcher? I'll go with Danny Jansen. Taylor Ward's numbers are really interesting, really impressive. He's had a, a big breakout at AA and AAA this season. Really good plate discipline, runs a lot. Really interesting profile for a catcher. I don't know. Never ran before this season, so I don't even know what's going on with him. So let's talk about who these guys are. Danny Jansen batted ninth for the Blue Jays yesterday. Uh, he's up and going to play, it seems. And uh, Ward is going to play third for the Angels. Is that right? Or am I crazy? Yeah, he's been. he hasn't really played catcher. At all. He hasn't played catcher at all this season. Right. But he is catcher eligible. So, yeah, he's catcher eligible. I think he's going to – he should have a decent opportunity to get some some playing time for the Angels and great minor league numbers. So, Yeah, Ward looks like the more interesting profile of the two uh, because of the stolen bases, because of the plate discipline. Um, I'll, I'll go with him. Heath, you said Jansen? I'll say Jansen. What's your level of excitement for these these two? How would you compare them to say Austin Hedges, who's been on the most added list and has? I'm good? not particularly excited about either of them for the rest of this season. Long term, I probably like them more than Hedges, but I'd rather have Hedges in my lineup right now. I'm going to add Ward where I've been playing Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Just just see, you know, just to see if he can turn into something. Yeah, Chirinos, by the way, needs to play more. Like, this kind of relief. I don't get it. Chirinos, another home run yesterday. Uh, also, these prospects. Tuki Toussaint. Six innings, two hits, one run, four strikeouts, six swinging strikes against the Miami Marlins. 
Sean Reed Foley for the Blue Jays. Three runs in five innings, six hits, three walks, three strikeouts. He'll be at the Yankees this weekend if he makes another start. Do you guys know if Reed Foley or Toussaint? I know Toussaint was called up for a doubleheader, but what's the future look like for these two? Are they possibilities? I don't think Tuki Toussaint is going to stay. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure he was sent back down yesterday. He was? Uh, yeah, Tuki Toussaint is a much more interesting prospect to me. Uh, he is someone that if he was in the rotation, I would like to have on my team and probably starting pretty regularly. I don't know that that happens for another couple weeks. Um, I read Foley. It was the Royals, and it wasn't that impressive anyway. Can we talk about the ultimate homer move? Heath... Heath picked up a royal named Heath. It doesn't yeah. get more. <laughs> I mean, I guess I was destined. And started him. Oh yeah, yeah? we started him in the for the people league. Yes. Oh, okay, good for you. Heath Philmeyer is now on team. Well, we had team Creeth is is hurting at pitcher right now. Well, just trying to limp into the playoffs. Good luck, Heath Philmeyer. That's what that's what happens at a sixteen team league. Now you know you know what team Creeth should do. You should go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike, and you should hire a pitcher. And ZipRecruiter is going to make that process so easy for you. They'll go out and find the pitchers that fit your needs. But actually, let's talk seriously about ZipRecruiter. First of all, big thank you to ZipRecruiter for sponsoring our show. Hiring can be very challenging. I'm sure a lot of you people out there know that. Maybe you're not hiring right now, but eventually you will need some people for your business. Big business, small business, medium size, it does not matter. Use ZipRecruiter and go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike to try it for free. 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. They don't stop there, though. This is what separates ZipRecruiter from the rest. They scan thousands of resumes, find the people with the right experience, and invite them to apply to your job. So as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. And that is why ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. People, if you need to make a hire, you need to use ZipRecruiter and go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike for free. You can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash S-T-R-I-K-E. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash Strike. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Back to baseball. Uh, actually, I do want to get to just a few more notes. CeCe Sabathia is on the DL. Could be a short stay. Danny Duffy's on the DL. Kenley Jansen, again, we said he could beat his timetable. Brandon Crawford left after taking a knee to the head. Adrian Beltre left with a hamstring injury. Uh, the same one that's put him on the DL twice this season. So that is a tough break for Beltre, and we hope he gets back, but would not be surprised if it's an abs- extended absence. Uh, Gary Sanchez still looking at a late August or early September return. And I might be jumping the gun with Beltre. I actually don't know what the timetable is. Just third time injuring the hamstring. It's just a guess, and, you know, you see where I'm going with that. Uh, any interesting bullpen developments for you guys yesterday? Bullpens? I have nothing to add okay. right now. I'm not going to force you. I'm sorry. Be yourself. But Norris blew a save. He'd been pitching well. I'm sure he's still the closer. Coda Glover came in in a tie game in the ninth inning, gave up a walk-off homer. The Nationals' bullpen is a mess. They desperately need Herrera or Doolittle back. Blake Parker pitched in a 6-2 game. They were up 6-2, non-save situation. He gave up a home run. Scott Alexander was dreadful. He's 36% owned. He's really just not having that good of a year. They don't have a lot of options in the Dodgers' bullpen. Blew a game for for Kershaw, who pitched great. And that's why I think Maeda has a shot at getting saves. Um, good stuff, though. Jose LeClerc, Willie Peralta, and Robert Gazelman got saves. How would you rank LeClerc, Peralta, Gazelman? I think you did. Because LeClerc's the only one that I, I really have a lot of interest in. Peralta and Gazelman, both kind of closers on bad teams. But I think Peralta gets a higher percentage of those save chances than Gazelman. Yeah, I think they're all... Sort of similar-ish. Maybe LeCurk's a little better, but I have more confidence in him getting the next five saves for his team. All right, let's look at the trustometer. Zero to ten on the trustometer. Now, I, I already know that Heath is not really going to want to play along, but I'm going to make him. What do you mean? You're going to say, if I start a guy, I start a guy. It's not a matter how much I trust him. 
No, I am O meter man. Uh, I will it, give you numbers. Chris is going to give you the long winded explanation with no number. Doesn't sound like me at all. I have to, have to get the clip of Dumb and Dumber. I, I, I've been meaning to do this. You know, I'll see if I can do it on YouTube and just use it. But in the meantime, I'll, I'll, I'll do that while, uh, while you guys deliberate. Okay. How much do you trust them when you start them? Cause these guys get started, but you put them in your lineup. They're pitching tonight. How much do you trust them? Zero to ten. Madison Bumgarner. Ten. A hundred. Mike Fultonevich. Four. Six. You guys are not deliberating. By the way, would you would you want to trade if you still could make a trade? What do you think about Bumgarner? Do you see a reason to try to sell high with his two? Oh my god. Two seventy one ERA, three seventy FIP. Can I? <laughs> This has nothing to do with the question you just asked. No, it does. I I heard Clayton Kershaw when you said Madison Bumgarner. Uh, okay. that that's on me. I thought it was the playoffs. <laughs> I yeah, that was, was backwards. That's not that's, that's not how that works. Um, I'll, I'll change my 100 to an eight for Madison Bumgarner. So what do you think? And about I, you? I'm I have not some necessarily concerns. trying to sell him though. Yeah, there are reasons to be. Concerned, I guess. I mean, he still goes out and gives you a good start every time out, but the walks up, the strikeouts down. Looks like the kind of guy that we'd be worried about if he were at Madison Bumgarner, right? And even before we've talked about it, even before the injury last year, and then after the injury, he looked like a diminished pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, his he's had a FIP in the high threes two straight years now. And For God's sake, just give me the damn number. That's it. I did. Yeah, we already gave you. I know. I know. You You could have saved it for just a moment ago. Uh, The thing, the thing with Mad Bum, because I do think there's reason to be concerned about him being a top five or top ten, maybe even starting pitcher. But the strikeouts are down since the start of last year. He has almost a full season worth of starts over the last two years. Thirty starts, 190.2 innings. That's he's still doing good on a per start basis for innings. He has a 3.07 ERA with a 3.85 FIP. 116 whip. The strikeouts may not come back. I still think he's a very solid number two starter, and I don't think you can get anything close to more than that for him right now. Sure. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can get a hitter that's better than him. Not a mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know like what the ranking is. Low end number two sounds all right to me because I do think he'll prevent runs and base runners pretty well. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the back to the trustometer. You said four or five for Fulton Nevich, I believe. Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney, two runs in seven and a third at San Diego yesterday. Strikeouts are down for Heaney. 32 strikeouts over 38 and two thirds in his last six starts. He'll be at Texas this weekend. Trustometer on Heaney. Four. Yeah, and this is going to expose a little bit of my Fultonevich doubt, but I'm going to go one higher than I did on him. I'll say five. Perfect opportunity, Adam, and you missed it. No, it wasn't quite. Come on. It wasn't lingering enough. Marco Gonzalez. Marco. I'll Gonzalez. give him a four. Yeah, I know he wasn't great yesterday. Has he struggled lately? Two starts yeah, in a row. Pretty damn bad. And I thought it was all about... The park factor, even though he's a ground ball pitcher, not a fly ball pitcher, but he's been so good at home. He's been good at, good at pitchers' parks. He's been really bad at hitters' parks, and he sucked yesterday at Oakland. Four runs on eight hits in five innings. Yeah, I guess I have to go with a three for him just because Heaney was a four, and I don't think he's as good as Heaney. We don't trust these guys very much, and they're all owned and started in most leagues. Uh How about Sean Manaya? Well, most of them are two-star pitchers this week. That is true. If not all of them. Right. So I, like, if you're asking me if I trust these guys in a two-start week, they'd all be tens, except for maybe Fulty. I don't get Sean Manaya at all. I don't understand how he has a 3-4-4 ERA with a 6.05K per nine and a 44% ground ball rate. I'd say just give me the damn number! I don't get it at all. So, listen, he's been good. If he was on my team, I'd probably just keep starting him, but I wouldn't call it trust. I'll give him a four. That's weird because he gets a lot of swing strikes. That, <laughs> I'll, I'll say two. I trust him the least of anybody in this group. I mean, it's pretty 
I'm pretty much only starting him in two start weeks or with good matchups. Okay, so so when none of Fulton Heaney, Marco Gonzalez, or Shamanaya get more than a higher than a five on the trust of Hey, there, whoa, whoa. I gave Fulty a six. Oh, sir. sorry, sorry. A six. It's a statement about how many trustworthy starting pitchers there actually are. Because all of these guys, I mean, just look at the raw numbers, have been pretty solid, if not better than that. I mean, Fulton has been great this year. You know what I mean? It's like, and I, you know, it's the easy. Faulty, go ahead, go ahead. The faulty thing might just, that might just be unfair. We should probably trust him more than we do. He's been awesome. I, um, I'm moving up my rankings. Tons of strikeouts. He's going to get in the top 50. Above average, no, yeah, like he should be higher than that, I think. You know, you look at what he's done this year and the improvements that he's made. I would probably rather start Madison Bumgarner, but it might depend on the matchup. That's and, not a guarantee. Wow. N- not really? to get Scott White on you, but he's kind of the the reverse of Sean Maniah. Well, yeah, no, it's really interesting. He has basically the same swinging strike rate as Sean Maniah. They're both 10 point, I think Maniah is like 10.2%, Fulty's 10.4%. Um, but Fulty does have a lower contact percentage, so he induces more swings and misses when he gets swings. Um, but it's just like 28% strikeout rate, close to average control, which has been you know, an issue for him at times in his career. He's improved his ground ball rate. Like, he has a 286 ERA and a 353 FIP and a 377 Sierra. Like, all of that points to him being at least an above average pitcher. I don't think there are times when I'm going to sit faulty. I don't quite understand it. Um, but the track record is what it is. So, uh... in, in fantasy baseball, it's just there's such a difference between the great pitchers and then Everyone else, and there's such a huge tier of pitchers, right? Uh, like all of these pitchers are basically in the same tier. I, you know what my favorite is? At least it was was Heaney. I mean, Mad Bum's the clear. Favorite. Oh no, forgetting about him. Yeah, Fulton Heaney, Marco Gonzalez, and Manaya. Heaney was the one I trusted the most. Strikeouts are down, and I don't know if he's wearing down. It's a, it's a big innings boost from what he's had in recent seasons. I mean, it's been. Like four seasons since he's thrown this much, right? right? Yeah, something like that. So, uh, I, I, you got to do whatever you can, like to pack. You can't do it now, really, but to package these guys and try to get, you know, one really reliable pitcher. I I do have Heaney ranked the highest of this group. Fulty's right there with him, um, and then I uh, and Marco are behind. It's also a question of like, what does the word trust mean? Cause like, oh no. I'm looking, well no, I'm looking through the rankings and I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting question because I think I can get to number 17 before looking at Scott's rankings at least. Is that because Jose Barrios is 18th? Right, like can you trust, <laughs> but no, but that's not like, that's not my anti-Jose Barrios thing, although Jameson Tyone is better. Um, what does the word trust mean if it applies to Jose Barrios, who's been as inconsistent as any good pitcher in baseball this season? I think what it means is... Like, I'm not sitting him. Right. You know that there may be a bad game. Like, David Price. I trust David Price. He's going to have bad outings, but I still trust him. I Mike Clevenger was pretty garbage last night, despite the results and getting the stupid win. <laughs> but I trust Mike Clevenger. Yeah, me too. I was going to put him on the trust meter I forgot, but Clevenger... Clevenger would be second on the list behind Bumgarner, right? Yeah, I guess uh, on Heath's, like, I'm looking... I think I get to number 26 before I start sitting, thinking about sitting guys. That's Robbie Ray? Yeah, like Miles Michaelis, I'm probably just starting. I'm probably not, if I don't have him on any of my teams, whoops. But, uh, if I did, I think at this point there's no opponent where I'm looking at it and saying, well, I think I probably need to st- sit him. Right. Maybe at Coors. Yeah, at Colorado, whatever. At or Boston. maybe like if they go to Boston. But Robbie Ray, I'm thinking about sitting him against the 15th worst offense. Just that's where the problem with Robbie Ray is. His is not dependent on who he's facing. Sure, and the same with Nick Nick Pavetta. The same with Zach Godley. That's the that's the range where I think there there are probably 25 ish pitchers who I'm not sitting. I at this point I fully trust Godley, you know, for better or worse. For now, and Tyone as well. Yeah, 
Sure. I'm starting him. Uh, by the way, uh, I would, I would characterize trust as a fiduciary relationship in one, which one person holds the title to property for the benefit of another. That's just, you know. What about blind trust? Who do you have blind trust? Like four pitchers? Blind trust? No, it's got to be more than that. Blind trust in Scherzer, Sale, Verlander, Kershaw, Kluber, the, uh, Kluber? The Grom, Cole, Nola Bauer, ten, Nola Bauer, eight yeah. or nine pitchers, and Grinky and Car- Carlos Carrasco. I do not have blind trust in Grinky. So Barrios is have... when you get to the Barrios is the blind trust. No, mine is now Syndergaard at twelve. I blind trust him. I don't blind trust Severino. I don't blind trust Grinky on the road. I blind trust this, him. At this home. is super helpful. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> okay, moving on, moving on. This is a light show today. Uh, trending up. These hitters are trending up. Give me your quick thoughts. I have made. The worst trade I've ever made in my life, Mitch Haniger for Kenta Maeda in a league wow. that doesn't have saves as a category, by the way. Um, so Haniger, since I traded him, became the leadoff hitter. He's batting 545 with one home run and six doubles in five games as a leadoff hitter. Uh, Miguel Andujar has been a red hottie homered again yesterday. Miguel Andujar has only four weeks this year with more than 17 fantasy points, but all four of those weeks have been just monstrous weeks. Uh, Jose Martinez has been very good. 11 for his last 20 with a home run and a double. And then deeper leagues. Oh, Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto's been good. Of course, I dropped him. 6 for 17 with two home runs in his last five games and a double. Uh, Devin Travis has been pretty good lately. And Brad Keller had a nice start yesterday. And he's at the White Sox this weekend. 23% owned. Um, Haniger and Duhar, Jose Martinez, Michael Conforto, Devin Travis. They're trending up. And what do we think about any or all of them? It's good to hear that Devin Travis is back in the majors. I, w- I wasn't aware. <laughs> sure is. Uh, yeah, I, I never really got too down on Mitch Haniger. So I'm glad that he's performing and having a hot streak right now, but he is a top 30 outfielder for sure and maybe top 25. Uh, and, and Duhar is really interesting to me, mostly because he makes me think of a song from high school. That was very, very, uh, I, I don't know any of the words to it. It was like just screaming sounds that I never knew the actual words. What? And okay. you guys know what song I'm talking about. I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. What I'm thinking of is like, Anduhar, Anduhar. Banana, banana, no, I could, I could make the sounds, but I, they won't be the right words because I've never known the words. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, somebody, like, do, you have to, ha- oh, do host, do host. <laughs> do, do us, do, do our, do hostmish. Yeah, that's do, that's, uh, Romstein. Romstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Anduhar, yeah, he's, he might win rookie of the year, by the way. And, um, <laughs> oh, oh, who's gonna win it? Oh, please tell me. Oh, is he? Cause look at their numbers. Torres has been garbage lately. He's had a DL stint. He's had less time up than Miguel Anduhar. Tell me, you make fun of me all you want. And tell me, Anduhar might no not win. No one made fun of you. Oh please, I heard the snickering. <laughs> I giggled. You know what? You know what "Du hast mich" means in in German in that song. I would assume "Rookie of the Year." It means you, you hate, you hate me, and that's how I feel. Something you guys Romstein me. Um, yeah, he's interesting. He doesn't really do anything except for like hit. Home runs and doubles, but he does. Do you know who leads American League rookies in that war? That is shocking. No, I don't. Uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, oh, he, uh, Joey Wendell leads all hitters. Um, alright, anyway, uh, I don't- Miguel Andujar second. I don't fully trust Miguel Andujar, do you? I don't yet. No. By the way, I'm only like 50% sure that's what Duhasmish translates to. That's just what I heard <laughs> in high school. Jose Martinez. Is he, does he deserve to be 91% owned? Uh, he has started like nine games in a row, right? That's the thing is like if, if he's playing every day, then absolutely. So, so part of it is they, they had a DH, but also I think the fam trade opened up outfield opportunities. Well, the fam trade and then the Fowler injury and then the Tyler O'Neill injury. Sure. Okay. Although so, Tyler so, O'Neill, I think, is expected back in the next couple of days. Okay, that's Jose Martinez. He deserves to be owned. How about Devin Travis? Any interest there? Seven percent owned. Last he's, fourteen uh, days. He's under owned. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I don't think like he had that stretch in his rookie year that even he didn't believe in. I don't think you should expect anything like that, but he should be at least 20, 25% owned. And Michael Conforto, 72% owned. I think he's under owned. Just going to skip over the Royal. Brad Keller might be the rookie. I was going to do the pitcher last. Brad Keller, 23% owned. Maybe under owned. He's under owned because of his SPARP eligibility. And it was a two-star week, I assume, but. Yeah, no, Scott liked him a lot. Not a lot. Scott liked him amongst the low, low owned guys in two-start pitchers. And so far off to a good start. Got a win yesterday, had a very good start. Against the, he doesn't strike anybody out. Great ground ball pitcher. I don't think anybody's starting him next week against Cleveland. But at the White Sox this weekend in a daily league, Brad Keller could help. Uh, trending down, and he, and Chris, if you wouldn't mind, maybe you could look up what Duhasmish means. Uh, that would, I'd like to know. Trending down. Do these guys deserve to be owned in 90% of leagues? Matt Olson and Matt Kemp. Oh, Matt Olson just drives me crazy because I'm going to say no, and then he's going to have a week where he hits six home runs. He's just the type of player that you're not going to get even production from, and so there's going to be frustrating times like this. He's probably a little bit over-owned, though. Uh, Maybe this is stupid. (laughs) If you're, like, in second place in a Roto League— and there's no point in finishing second, and you just need to finish... Oh, no, let's say you're in fourth or whatever. You just need this random guy who could get hot and have a 15-homer month or something. That's a lot. 12, but, 12 homer month. Matt Olson to me, seems like a guy that's super, oh, super for cheap. Sure. For that, sure. That you could pursue. Yeah, but if you're in first place by, like, 25 points and you're just trying to hold on and hope you didn't jinx yourself, this <laughs> isn't the guy you'd want to start. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp is... Way overowned. He has sat four of the last eight games. He's been terrible since the All-Star break. He, he, benching him, since he's such a bad defender, benching him seems like the way to solve the logjam for the, for the Dodgers. Now, if Dozier's out, they, the logjam kind of clears up a little bit, but Kemp at 90% guys seems high to me. Yeah, they've got like 10 or 11 players right now they should be playing over Matt Kemp. Steven Piscotty, 60% owned. Since the All-Star break, he's batting 222. With three home runs. That was before yesterday when he went 0 for 3. So, uh, he, he is slugging 281 in August. Again, before yesterday. Steven Piscotti, 60% owned. Should we give up or stick around? I, I think it's fine to drop him. I probably would not drop him in a five outfielder league. There are probably some leagues where Steven Piscotti is owned and Michael Conforto is not. Rectify that. But, you know, it doesn't mean he's a must drop. Alright, what's it mean? Do, Duhast, uh, I, am looking at a translation on genius.com. Mm-hmm. I believe it's you have me. You have. Interesting. Well, I don't feel that way about you guys. I liked it better when it was you hate me. Alright, emails. Quick. And I've got you got me. You got me. Oh, alright. I mean, same. Changes the song. Same thing. Pat from Canada. Can Ray Searage fix Chris Archer? Feel free to speculate wildly. Um, I think maybe the answer is that we shouldn't put quite as much trust in these pitching gurus as we do because they work with some types of pitchers and not with others. Like we've seen Garrett Cole become a much better pitcher since leaving Pittsburgh. And Charlie Morton. In fact, right. I feel like the Padres have completely gone 360, or the Pirates rather, 360 from a team that you wanted a pitcher to go to to a team you don't. Cause I don't think they, it depends on the the pitcher. Counter don't they don't they want you to pitch to contact? Isn't that their thing? They yeah, they like the fastball. They want fastballs, and they want low fastballs, and low fastballs tend to be the fastballs that you know, Tyler Glass now has actually talked about this since leaving um, Tampa is that. He wanted to pitch up in the zone. The Rays are a team that wants to pitch up in the zone. Uh, that's where he feels like he's most effective, and the Pirates wanted him to pitch down in the zone. And like looking at Fangraph's pitch values, which certainly aren't everything, Chris Archer's fastball has had a negative pitch value each of the last three years. But that wow. could be a result. You know, We know what the issue with Chris Archer has been, which has been home runs. That could be the result of him throwing too many fastballs up in the zone. Maybe he's... Going for swings and misses, and that's leading to, 
you know, maybe that was maybe that was the issue. It's possible that yes. Ray Searage will fix him. That's what I say. My counterpoint would be anytime you have a pitcher that you think is very, very talented and underperforming that talent and goes to a new team, there is a chance, regardless of whether it's Ray Searage or whoever else, that just doing something very different, some small philosophical change can unlock that talent, like what we saw happen with Garrett Cole. Well, Archer, I, I don't think he has enough of an arsenal, personally. But also, the good, I, I think it's a good thing that he's with Pirates. Forget about Ray Searage. He has been terrible against the AL East. He sucks at Yankee Stadium. He sucks at Cannon Yards. He sucks at Fenway Park. I'm not quite sure about the Rogers Center. This is a good thing for He Chris does Archer. appear to be throwing a sinker, uh, since getting to Pittsburgh. We'll he needs see. a changeup. He needs a changeup. It's just not good enough. He's a better changeup. Uh, uh, this is from Corey in Rhode Island. Hey, Jackie, Andrew, and Mookie. Red Sox outfielders. Yeah. yeah. I need a Votto replacement. I'm in the playoffs right now. Looking at these first baseman or third baseman, I can switch Gallo to first. Josh Bell, Ryan Braun, Steve Pierce, Camargo, Flores, Jerko. Would you replace Votto with any of those guys? Bell, well, Braun, Pierce? Votto's not expected back in the lineup for the next couple of days, right? I don't know. I didn't know that. I apologize. I, I could be wrong. You would right. know better than I would. No, I uh, no, <laughs> not this version of me. No, okay, no, he's he's playing. He was missing time last oh, late last. Okay, week. but yeah, he's not he, healthy. He, he is back. Hitting. I did I did know that. I thought I missed um, something. I think Ryan Braun's the obvious answer here. He's been hitting really well since the All Star break. Um, you talk about someone who's going to be in and out of the lineup, but. I think he's the best hitter of this group. And to clear up the Joey Votto mess, he did come back. He was removed in the sixth inning last night, last night due to an apparent injury. Wonderful. <laughs> this is an email from Nolan. Uh, I'm looking to, he says, hey, Matt, Will, Evan, and Justin. Will with one L, like Myers. Matt, Will, Evan, and Justin. Uh, are those like? Those are third basemen. Uh, okay. I'm looking to grab a starting pitcher for the stretch run. Who do you like most between Ryu, Glasnow, Stroman, Gosman, Boyd, Weaver, Gibson, Lucchese? Ryu, Glasnow, Stroman, Gosman, Boyd, Weaver, Gibson, Lucchese. I like Glasnow's upside the best. I think chances are in a points league, Stroman is the best. I think Glasnow and Gosman would be the two that I would go Gib- with. What I about don't Gibson? Know. What's that? Gibson. What about him? Kyle Gibson. Yeah. He'll be right there with Stroman, I think. I think the other two have better, more upside. I think Gibson's more of a mid to high threes ERA guy. You're hoping that Gosman can become what he was in the second half of 2016. I don't know if you guys talked about this yesterday, but I mentioned it in the waiver wire call. He has lowered his arm slot. No, we did not talk about Since getting to Atlanta. Um, over the last couple of years, his arm slot had gone up and it's back down to where it was in the 2016, uh, range. Now, I don't, Look, it's Kevin Gosman. He had he had a bad start with the Braves. He had a good start with the Braves. That sounds like Kevin Gosman. But he was really good in 2016. Overall and in the second half, he was really, really good. He's throwing a splitter a lot more uh, in the two starts with Atlanta. I think he has the most upside besides Tyler Glasnow. All righty. Let's uh, go to the matchups and then do the regulation. Yolisha Seen and Jose Quintana. I don't think I can start Shasin against the the Cubs. I am starting Quintana. Yeah. Why? The has the Brewers' offense like fallen apart lately? He I gave like up five have. runs at the Royals last time out. The Royals are good. <laughs> Actually, I mean, the truth is Quintana has been mostly it's just, good for it's his last six. I don't think he's like an automatic. Okay, fine. Start Quintana, sit Shasin. Jalen Beeks at J Hap. I, I want to see Jalen Beeks, but uh, I don't think I can start him. Start J. Yeah. Start him. Rick Porcello at Nick Pavetta. Start. Start of Porcello. Start of both. I can't trust Whoa. Pavetta against the Red Sox. Um, Jason Vargas at Andrew Kashner. No, thank you. Yeah, no. Corey Kluber at Sal Romano. Kluber. Start Corey Kluber. No Giolito. No Blaine Hardy. Trevor Richards at Anibal Sanchez. Please don't say Trevor Richards is interesting. Just say start or sit. No, thank you. Trevor Richards is interesting, but I'll sit him. What about Anibal? Oh, yeah, definitely start start him. him. 
Corbin at Gallardo. Yes, Corbin, no Gallardo. Armand Marquez at Justin Verlander. It's, yeah. Sort of. Start both. Jamison Tyone at Jake Odorizzi. Just Tyone. Start Tyone. Gio Gonzalez at John Gant. Nah, <sighs> not for me. I don't think I would. I, I Yeah, this early in the week, I, I'd have a hard time trusting Gio, but I could understand if he did. Lucky Ryan Barucki or Heath Fillemeyer? Well, I mean, if you can get Heath Fillemeyer on your team, <laughs> go get him. Uh, I think you start Barucki. I'm starting Barucki. Uh, Paxton, yes, Mike Fires against the Mariners. No, thank you. Jaime Berea against Brett Kennedy. I'm fine starting Berea. I know yep. Heath is. Andrew Suarez at Alex Wood. I'll start Wood. Yep. Yeah, well. Super loud intro. Oh, yeah. Just blew everybody's ear out. My bad. Let's regulate. Dom in Hempstead, Maryland. I am the commissioner of a long time, 10 team, 5 by 5 NFL. Hold on, hold on. There we go. Oh. All right. I'm the commissioner of a long time, 10 team, 5 by 5 NL auction keeper league. It's a roto league. Our transactions are primarily waivers. We use FAB to bid only on American League players going to the National League. The amount bid for each player also represents the salary for that player. For any successful bids over $24, the team must either keep that player for next year at that salary or release him prior to the draft and take a penalty, blah, blah, blah. All right. Since we had already completed some bids last week, I confirmed with each team the amount of fab they had allowed, they had left prior to the bid. Three bids were received for Jonathan Scope. The high bid was $55, followed by bids of $24 and $5. It turns out that the team that bid 55 bucks only had $46 left because they had won a bid in a previous week. Since the 46 bucks would have still been the high bid, should I give him, should I give that team Scope for 46? Should I go to the team with the second highest bid? Uh, should that, you know, should that guy be disqualified because he exceeded his budget? What would you do? The guy only had 46 bucks left. Think, he bid $55. What do you do? I think, first of all, you should leave the music playing under this. Okay. I don't know why you don't. And I think you either give him the $46 player, but Scope is a $55 player for next year's cap. Oh. Or he can't have the play. There's no either or with the regulators. Mount up. A $55 bid when you only have $46 available is an illegal bid. Whoever bid $24 gets Jonathan Scope. Love Over, it. You need an overdraft fee. This is from Brian, 10-team Keeper League. Do you recommend changing the divisions year to year or always keeping them the same? I don't think there should be divisions. Uh, but if you're going to have divisions, I would keep them the same. I agree. All right, this is from Mikey in Connecticut. Uh, our, our league is an auction keeper league that allows for 10 players to be kept. We allow for a limited amount of draft money to be traded. Neither owner in this deal had been eliminated from playoff contention at the time of the deal. All right, here's the problem. Owner A offered Shohei Otani with two other players and draft money. In return, he would get Sale and two other players from owner B. The straight-up deal would have been fine, but owner B would not have accepted it. Owner A offered this stipulation. At season's end, we swap Sale and Otani back to each other. Basically alone for the rest of the season. Some think it's collusion. Some think it's fine. What say the fantasy regulators? I don't believe in loans in fantasy baseball. I believe loans are a form of collusion. I think it's, I think it's very interesting to do a European soccer style, uh, loan system. But until you do, this is collusion. It's obviously collusion. Regulated. Heath, what's the last one? Best regulator email maybe we've ever gotten. <laughs> and this is from Richard in San Francisco. My dad plays in a points league that rewards a few defensive statistics. Outfield assists, this caught is... stealing, and double plays. Double plays <laughs> are worth one point, the same as an RBI. The rules are structured to reward second base, shortstop, and third baseman who start slash turn a double play. The first baseman does not receive credit. However, my dad realized a few years back the system only withholds the double play credit if you're rostered at first base, meaning if you roster a first baseman in the outfield or at third base or anywhere else, 
he gets those points for catching the end of a double play. No one else has realized this. And my dad has basically taken a draft strategy. I'm now paraphrasing. Taken a draft strategy of drafting second baseman, shortstop, and first baseman and playing them at a variety of different positions. He argues that anyone could have discovered or exploited this bug. But in my mind, it's a blatant violation of the spirit of the rules. Beyond that, it's kind of lame for first baseman catching a throw to get points. What do you say? Is my dad a genius, or is he undermining the integrity of the league? He's a genius, but now you, he, now you stop it. He yeah, is the, a genius. This guy's not the, in the league. The His answer, dad just told him better. The answer to the question <laughs> is yes. <laughs> He is a genius, and he's undermining the integrity of the league. But don't go tell his league mates about it. Let him keep dominating this league until the dummies figure it out. Gosh, Hopefully one I don't of the dummies know. Listens, I right? have integrity here. I can't do that. I can't. I just feel like I've got to speak up. Uh, maybe at the end of the season. But, ah, nah, screw Nah, I don't know. I'm on the fence. It should the, not be allowed. The best part is he's been doing this for multiple years, and no one has figured out. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, so what's the final verdict? Should he – it's fine that he's done it because he's not cheating. But it's obviously, you know, kind of shady. What should dad do? Uh, dad, keep winning. He's he's won two years in a row. He's going for the three-peat three this year. Get that championship. Yeah, and then maybe in the off season, be like, hey, guys, uh, I don't know if you realize, <laughs> but – No. Never. Yeah, I'm with Chris. Be a good person. Don't be like Assassin's Creed. Be a good person. Do Hashmish. All right, we're out of here. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> we're so hip on Fantasy Baseball today. <laughs>